0: ونستغفر ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد ان سيدنا محمدا يقول الله جل وعلا في كتابه الكريم يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا تَقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُم مُسْلِمُونَ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا تَقُوا اللَّهَ وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي سيرنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلال وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ أَعَاذَلَ اللَّهُ وَإِيَّاكُم مِّنْهَا أَجْمَعِينَ أَمَّا بَعْدٍ Dear brothers and sisters, it is related from Sayyiduna Abdullah ibn Abbas رضي الله تعالى عنهما that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said مَا مِنْ عَبْدٍ مُؤْمِنٍ إِلَّا وَلَهُ ذَنْبٌ يَعْتَادَهُ الفينة بعد الفينة أو ذنب هو مقيم عليه لا يفارقه حتى يفارق الدنيا إن المؤمن خلق مُفْتَةً مفتتا توابا نسيا إذا ذكر ذكر أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام in this hadith from ibn abbas the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم tells us that there is not a single believing servant except that he has a sin which he commits from time to time, or a sin which he persists in and does not abandon until he leaves this world. Indeed he said the believer was created as one who is frequently tried and tested and who often repents. And who often forgets, yet when he is admonished, he accepts the admonition. Dear brothers and sisters, a little, about 12 days remain, less than two weeks remain before we receive the blessed month of Ramadan, the month of fasting, the month of prayer, the month of worship. The month of dedication and turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in this narration, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us that no matter who we are, we're going to have certain struggles. No matter who we are, we're going to have certain bad habits that we wrestle with. And we're confronted with these bad habits that we have developed and that we must work on eradicating them. We should be fasting from bad habits... As well, but with the intention of leaving them for good. But we struggle. Deep down, if we're honest with ourselves, we know that there are things in our lives that need changing. If we're honest with ourselves, we acknowledge that we have certain bad habits that have crept up in our life. If we're honest with ourselves, we know that we have even tried to get rid of them, but at times, We feel stuck because we keep going back to them again and again and again. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not demand perfection of us. What He demands from us is humility. He demands of us servitude. He demands sincerity and He demands repentance. He demands that we commit to change for the better. He demands that we try to remove bad habits, while recognizing, in our attempts to be better, that ultimately, Hu al He is the one who purifies, and all success comes from Him. illa billah, and my success is only from Allah. So, before we can remove the bad habits from our lives. We have to understand the nature of the habits that have come into our lives and we have to learn how to break these bad habits with the knowledge that we have to do the work to get rid of them. Dear brothers and sisters, if you have 20,000 gallons of water dumped on a single stone that 20,000 gallons of water will not have any impact on the stone at all. All that will happen is the stone will get wet. On the other hand, if you have a slow and constant drip on that stone over time, inevitably a hole will be etched into that stone. And this is the similitude of the destructive power of bad habits that accumulate over time, and slowly, but surely, poison and darken our hearts. Reflect, dear brothers and sisters, over some of the bad habits that you would like to remove. Some of those bad habits that we have may be major sins. Some of those bad habits may be minor sins. Some of those bad habits may not be sins but they are makruh; they are offensive matters, they are things disliked. And then there are bad habits that may not be sinful, but they're unhealthy, they're unproductive, and they keep us from being the best version of ourselves. Out of all of the bad habits, we know that the worst of them are sins. And our beloved Prophet Wasallam, has warned us of the corrosive effect of the slow drip of constant sins on the heart. He tells us inna al-abd idha akhta'a khati'atan nukitat fi qalbihi nuktatun sawda fa idha huwa nazaa'a wastaghfara wataaba suqila qalbuhu wa in aada zida fiha hatta ta'lu qalba wa huwa ar-ran alladhi dhakar Allah kalla bal ala qulubihim ma yaksibun He tells us in this hadith that when a servant commits a sin, a black mark appears upon his heart. And if he abandons the sin and seeks forgiveness and repents of the sin, then his heart will be polished. But if he returns to that sin, the blackness will be increased until it overcomes his heart. He says this is the covering, the raan, that Allah mentions in the Quran, "Kalla bal ma kanu Indeed, it is rather a covering over their hearts from what they have earned, the darkness of sins that encroach upon the heart. Dear brothers and sisters, when sins become a habitual practice, when they become a regular aspect of our lives, it becomes a constant drip of poison. In our heart. Now I want you to contrast two different individuals. At different times we can be one or the other of these two people. Contrast two different people. You have Fulan, so-and-so. Fulan wants to develop good habits. He wants to get rid of bad habits. And he knows the benefits of prayer on time. He knows the benefits of remembering Allah Ta'ala, and the benefits of learning and growing in his deen. He knows the benefit of exercise and eating well, but he never takes action. His morning routine consists of him waking up late for Fajr consistently, and just scrolling through social media. He wakes up late, and the first thing he's on is his phone, scrolling through social media, and he watches things that he knows he should not be watching. That is Fulan, who struggles with so many bad habits. Contrast that with Abdullah. Abdullah has built good habits. He manages his time. He gets up for Fajr on time consistently because he prioritizes it. He has a routine of dhikr and du'a. He has a routine of worship. He eats well, he exercises as a part of his daily routine because he knows that his body is also an amanah, a trust from Allah Ta'ala. And he needs to be fit and healthy to fully embody what it means to be a servant of Allah and serve others. Dear brothers and sisters, we all have habits. Good habits and bad habits, helpful habits and unhelpful habits. But habits in themselves are not always a bad thing. Habits have a reason, they have a purpose. According to the latest research, it is said that around 45% of our day is spent in habit-driven activity. 45% of our time is spent doing things that are simply habitual. Now that is a rahmah, it is a mercy from Allah Ta'ala, because it makes our lives more efficient. It makes our lives efficient because we don't have to make thousands of conscious decisions daily by having those habitual patterns in place. But like many gifts, this gift can be misused and abused. So how do we get rid of bad habits and how do we replace them with good habits? Dear brothers and sisters, do you realize how many people live their lives? as if they are the star of their own movie. They get up and spend their day and go to bed, and the whole time they operate and live in their heads as if they are the star of their own movie. They are the central character, and everyone else around them is playing a supporting role. Now, if you've watched a lot of movies, you'll notice that they tend to place emphasis on some key event that changes the character's life. Take for example, example, Peter Parker. Peter Parker gets bit by a spider, and that is the key event that turns him into Spider-Man. And then suddenly, overnight, his life changes, and he becomes this superhero. A lot of people live their lives as if they are the central character. And a lot of people unconsciously look at their lives like it's a movie, they fantasize about having this overnight transformation into this amazing person who's gotten rid of all of his bad habits and replaced them with good habits. Of course, it is possible for Allah Ta'ala to change someone overnight. That is possible, however, the sunnah of Allah Ta'ala and His creation, the pattern that is for 99.9% of people, is that they don't change like that. It's almost never a single pivotal event that's going to change your life forever. What is it? It's going to be the building of good habits. There are events that can wake wake us up from our heedlessness and slumber. But the problem is people are often waiting for something like that to come along until they become a better person. Meanwhile, they are wasting their lives away, waiting for that moment to be better instead of actively building to be a better person. They're waiting for something to happen and they don't realize that good habits are built and they are built slowly. So one of the keys to effectively removing habits, what we call the tahliya, or getting rid of the bad and replacing them with good, the tahliya. Is simply understanding how habits work. Simply understanding how habits work in our life and how to change bad habits into good. So I invite you to consider some ways to identify the bad habits and how to get rid of them. One of the ways of understanding bad habits is to understand a concept called the habit loop. The habit loop if you understand it, it enables you to change bad habits into good. So this habit loop consists of three things in a cycle, a loop. There is the cue, there is the routine, and then there is the reward. The cue is that trigger that leads us to engage in the bad habit, the thing that triggers it, that sets it off. The routine is the bad habit itself, the thing that we do when that trigger goes off. And the reward is what we're seeking out of that bad habit. Why do we have that craving? What is it, what is it playing in our life? What role does it play? What gets reinforced when we engage in that bad habit? A simple example, the cue, a person gets stressed at work. The routine is that whenever they get stressed at work, they've reached their limit, their routine is they go and get a tub of ice cream. And the reward is the sugar, the relaxation, what they have associated with sitting down and eating that ice cream. And we're not making a judgment about eating ice cream. But it can be a bad habit. So a person understands this habit loop, and from this they are able to hack it and replace the bad with the good. The key to removing bad habits is to understand this loop. So step one to removing bad habits is to identify those triggers in our life that cause us to fall into these bad habits over and over again. To identify what is it that leads us into that constant cycle of bad habits. And that constant cycle of engaging in the bad habit, And then feeling bad about it, and then wanting to get rid of it. And then we get triggered again, and we fall into the habit again. And then we feel bad about it again, and on, and on, and on, a this vicious cycle. When you study your own bad habits, the first step is to identify those triggers and cues. So think about the bad habits you have. I have bad habits, you all have bad habits, we all have bad habits. بَرِ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَىٰ نَفْسِهِ وَلَوْ Allah tells us, each of us is well acquainted with what's going on inside. Each of us is well acquainted of the bad habits we have in our life. So we have to be honest with ourselves. Think about the bad habits that you have allowed to creep into your life. And when you study those bad habits, try to figure out what the triggers are. Where am I? when I engage in this bad habit? Whether it is haram, whether it is disliked, whether it is unproductive, whatever it is, where am I when I do that thing? What time of the day is it when I tend to do that thing, that bad habit? What am I feeling before I engage in that bad habit? Am I feeling lonely? Am I feeling bored? Am I feeling stressed? Am I feeling anxiety? What emotions are going on when I'm triggered to engage in that bad habit? And if you find that you're engaging in that bad habit with others, does it only happen when you're around certain people? So you have to figure out what is going on behind the scenes that is triggering that bad habit. Because many of the bad habits that we have allowed to creep in our lives are simply ways of dealing with situations that cause us stress, or anxiety, or even boredom. And we default to these bad habits because we're stressed about something, or we have a gap of time and we get bored. For example, there are many people for whom smoking provides a relief from stress and anxiety. And there are people for whom procrastination provides temporary relief and free time to engage in things they consider more fun than the things they know they should be doing. So when you feel the urge to engage in a bad habit, you have to make note of what's going on. How are you feeling? Where are you? What time of day is it? Who am I around? What's going on emotionally when I'm engaging in that bad habit? Because some, we get into habits and they become so ingrained that we often lose sight of what's going on behind the scenes that lead to us doing them. And when we make note of this, we are able to take the second step, which is to remove those triggers. So the first step is simply to be aware of what's going on in our lives. To identify those bad habits and figure out what's going on in our lives, around us and internally as we're triggered to engage in those bad habits. That is step number one. Once you've identified that, you want to then go to step two, which is to remove those triggers. And if you can't remove the triggers, at least you're aware of the triggers in your life that lead to those bad habits. Some triggers are absolutely avoidable, and we can change them and replace them. Some triggers are unavoidable. So we have to consider what we can remove and what we cannot. And if you can remove those triggers, it will make it substantially easier to get rid of the bad habits and replace them with good. Now the question maybe you're asking your mind is, is there any basis for this? Is there anything within our tradition, within the Qur'an or the Sunnah, that touches on this reality of identifying the triggers to bad behavior, to bad habits, as a way to avoid them in the future. And the answer is yes. There is an indication of this in the Qur'an itself. In the Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala tells us, "La taqarabu zina." He tells us, do not come near to fornication. Note how Allah says, do not come near. Don't come close to fornication. He does not say, don't do it. He says, don't come near it. That is Allah Ta'ala telling us to avoid the things that lead us into that haram. Avoid the triggers, the things that would spur us to that haram act. This is the same wisdom behind not sitting with people who are engaged in the haram. Maybe we're not engaged in that haram, but by sitting with them, we're drawn closer and closer to that haram itself. This is the same reason why we are told to avoid evil companions who draw us into negativity. This is also why counselors will tell alcoholics that they cannot keep alcohol in their house, simply because if it's there, there's a high likelihood they're going to fall back into the habit of drinking. So if the cue is, or the trigger, is avoidable, and we've identified it, we have to get rid of it. We have to figure out what it is, and replace it with something else. But what if it's unavoidable? What if you get stressed about things in your family life? You can't get rid of your family. What if you're stressed at work? Well, maybe you can switch jobs, but most likely you have to keep your job. So how do you deal with that that trigger that is unavoidable? Often, just being aware of the trigger is enough to help us stay vigilant. For example, that person who goes to work and when he gets really stressed at work, he has a habit of eating junk food as a result. If he's identified that pattern, he can often replace the trigger with something. The trigger remains, but he can replace the habit with something better. So you identify what the triggers are that lead to your bad habits. You try to get rid of those triggers, to replace them with something good, or avoid them. And step three, you have to find a different reward. So you've removed the trigger, or you're aware of the triggers. Now you have to find a different reward. Why? Because what we are attempting to do, dear brothers and sisters, is what the ulama call the process of or والتحرية, which is to remove the bad and to replace the bad with the good. We're not looking to simply get rid of bad habits. We're looking to identify the bad habits, the cues, the triggers, and to replace the bad habits with good habits. We have to figure out what's going to replace the bad habit. Because that bad habit that we're engaged in, whether we like it or not, it is serving some purpose. Maybe it is our misguided way of dealing with stress. Maybe it's how we tackle loneliness in our life, or anxiety. Maybe it's the only way we know right now for dealing with boredom. So, for example. Let's say a person has bad eating habits. They want to make sure that they have healthy foods around them that they can go to so they don't fall into eating junk food whenever they're hungry or whenever they're stressed. If someone is turning to music, for example, for comfort, then they replace that with the Qur'an, with an Ashid, with beneficial lessons, sounds of nature, whatever it is, they replace it with something that fills the need that the music was playing for them before that. They replace that. Now if a person has a bad habit of staying up too late and missing Fajr consistently, maybe that's because they're remaining awake late at night because it's the only time they have to themselves. This is often the case for parents of young children they're busy all day at work or with the kids, and the only free time they have is when the kids are put to sleep. So they put the kids to bed, and in those late hours in the night, they relax and unwind, but they end up staying up too late. And as a result, they fajr consistently. This is the stress they have. What is it? It is dealing with family life and dealing with children, and needing some time alone. So being up when the kids are asleep, that's the cue, to stay up and relax in a time of quiet without dealing with children. But the problem is they miss Fajr. One of the ways they can replace that bad habit is to simply get up earlier and use the early morning time for that time alone, if it's possible. So that way they get the reward, but in a healthy and beneficial way where they're not missing Fajr. Now this of course is not an overnight process. And this is something that we all have to give deep thought to. Being honest with ourselves. Identifying what our bad habits are. Which ones are the worst that we should prioritize in removing? The haram, then the makruh, then the things that are unhelpful and unproductive. We have to identify those bad habits. And it's not going to be an overnight process. It is a mujahada. It is a struggling against the lower impulses of the self. But by breaking these habits, identifying them, replacing them, and ultimately breaking those bad habits, and replacing them with good, we are doing what Allah Ta'ala has asked of us, which is mujahada, to strive against the lower impulses of the self. When we identify these bad habits in our life, and when we acknowledge them, and we identify where they come from And get to work with replacing them with good habits We will be in obedience to Allah Ta'ala And we will be living our purpose Simply thinking about our bad habits Reflecting on them And trying to replace them Is an act of ibadah Because it is a mujahada It is a struggle against our nafs And by doing that We will become better people inshallah InshaAllah we will become stronger in our deen, we will become more disciplined in life, we will become healthier on all levels, physically, mentally, and most importantly spiritually, and Allah will reward us for that struggling. And so we ask Allah Ta'ala to help us to be honest with ourselves in identifying our bad habits, identifying those triggers to doing those bad habits, and to give us the ability to replace the bad habits with good habits. May Allah Ta'ala facilitate this path of attakhliya wa tahliya, of getting rid of the bad and replacing it with the good, and inspire us to do that needed work on our souls. Ameen. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala wa Dear brothers and sisters, removing bad habits and replacing them with good habits is not the work of a day. It is not the work of a single week. It is not the work of a month. It is not even the work of a year. Removing the bad habits and replacing them with good habits, it is the work of a lifetime. It is the work that we have to engage in from now until the time we leave this dunya going into the hereafter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to His beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And worship your Lord until certainty comes to you. What is certainty in this verse? Certainty in this verse means moat, death. Worship your Lord until death comes to you. Likewise, we strive to purify our souls until death comes to us. We seek to identify and remove and replace the bad habits with good habits. Until we leave this dunya. That is the reality. Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu tells us that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ لَوْ لَمْ تُذْنِبُوا لَذَهَبَ اللَّهُ بِكُمْ وَلَجَاءَ بِقَوْمٍ يُذْنِبُونَ فَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَ اللَّهَ فَيَغْفِرُ لَهُمْ He says, by him in whose hand is my soul. If you did not sin, Allah would replace you with the people who would sin, and they would seek forgiveness from Allah, and Allah would forgive them. In the first hadith we mentioned in this Jumu'ah khutbah, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi informs us that there's not a single believer, except that they're going to have certain habits that they struggle with. Your bad habits may be different from mine. The sins you struggle with and return to from time and again, Maybe different from mine and from everyone else, but we all have that struggle. And we have to be honest with ourselves and never lose hope. And always ask Allah for help in ridding ourselves of the bad habits and replacing them with the good. Because we cannot do it alone. We can give you the steps. We can remind ourselves of the steps. But ultimately that comes from the tawfiq of Allah, the enabling grace, the ability He gives us to do that work. Dear brothers and sisters one of the great imams of our tradition Imam Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali rahimahullah has stated in his work Lataif al-Maarif that Ma'la Ibn al-Fadl said kanu yad'un Allah sita ashhur an yuballighhum an yuballighahum Ramadan thumma yad'un sit, yad'unahu sita ashhur an yataqabbalahu minhum he says the early generations of muslims They used to make du'a for six months, asking Allah to allow them to reach the month of Ramadan. And then they would spend the next six months asking Allah to accept it from them. Dear brothers and sisters, there are around 12 more days before the month of Ramadan. And we see that the early Muslims would spend this time after Ramadan asking Allah to accept their fast asking Allah to enable them to receive the month, they're making in that dua their spiritual preparation to receive it. Surely, we can spend the next 12 days making our own spiritual preparation to ready ourselves to receive this honored guest, the month of Ramadan. We can spend the next 12 days thinking about those bad habits that we want to get rid of. We can spend the next 12 days identifying the triggers, the cues, and the rewards, the things they give us, that cause us to go back to them time and time again. And we can get to work with removing them. It is related that Amir al-Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu, he would say when the month of Ramadan would enter, Marhaban ya minad-dhunub. Marhaban minad-dhunub. Welcome to our purifier from sins. So we're waiting in the next 12 or so days to welcome this month that enables us to engage in the work of purification. But we don't have to wait to get to the work of identifying our bad habits. We want to welcome this month of Ramadan that is upon us in the next 12 days, welcoming it by refreshing ourselves regarding the knowledge of how we fast, the fiqh of fasting, how we form the niyyah, the intention, Reminding ourselves of the basics of how to fast, what breaks the fast, what does not break the fast, how one makes up the fast, how one pays the fidya, and so on and so forth. We want to welcome this month of Ramadan that is coming to us by planning ahead when possible, whether it's by clearing our schedule for those who are able, lightening our workload for those who are able, and if that's not Possible, at least making the necessary adjustments in our life to maximize our time during this blessed month that is coming to us. And lastly, we want to welcome this month of Ramadan that is coming by preparing ourselves, thinking about those bad habits, making very strong intentions for getting rid of those bad habits. Even if we have dozens and dozens of bad habits, we can at least (coughs) identify the worst of them and make a plan to get rid of it by replacing it with something better so that at the end of the month of Ramadan, it is a habit, a bad habit, we never go back to. That is not difficult for Allah Ta'ala, but we have to do the work and ask Allah for the help in that work. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to grant us honesty with ourselves in identifying our bad habits and the fortitude and strength to remove them and purify our souls. Be taufiqin min Allah subhanahu wa taala. But the insanu 'ala nafsihi basira, wallahu alqa ma'athira. Everyone is very well aware of what's inside and what they're wrestling with. Even if outwardly they make excuses for their bad habits, may Allah remove all the bad and replace it with the good. I mean, Rabbi na atina fil dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina 'ala Allahumma salli ala sayyirina muhammadin abdika wa rasulika an-nabiyya n-ummi alihi wa sahbihi wa sallim tasliman kathira biqadri adhamati dhatika fi kulli waktin wahiin Allahumma tahir qlubana min kulli wazfil yubainuna min mahabatika wa mahabati rasulika sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allahumma tahir kulubana اللهم طهر قلوبنا وطهر أعمالنا وطهر عيوننا يا رب العالمين سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين